Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I am Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, today, Pastor Margaret and I are going to be sharing from a devotional that Pastor Margaret read recently and uh, just diving into some scripture. So, uh, Pastor Margaret, if you just want to tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Well, one thing for sure, um, I think this is a subject that all humanity probably um, deals with. And today, I feel like you know, the Holy Spirit is here with us. So let's just say there's three of us in the right. room today because I'm not coming today as an expert. I'm actually coming today because this is helping me in my own walk and just felt like with we're in the holiday season. We talked a few weeks ago before Thanksgiving just about the fact that we will be engaging with folk over the holiday seasons that maybe we don't engage on a regular basis and talked about being light. And today, we're going to talk about um, having words of blessing, because I think it is so important to understand uh, this concept that we read in James uh, 3.10, you know, that blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Um, Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. But, you know, obviously, the early church was dealing with this, right? Right, right? It was... Not something that he was talking about that had never happened in the church. He was addressing something that he knew by experience. I even think about James, you know, think about when before Christ was crucified, James was not a believer. And what would it be like if one of your family members told you that they were the Messiah of the world? Do you think that James knew about a critical spirit? Right. But he come to realize Jesus was not just his half-brother, but he was also his Messiah. And so now he's in the church and he's talking about this. Now he's talking to believers about this idea of blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. You know, it's even easy sometimes when we're with different groups of people to have different conversations. You know, that idea of being tossed to and fro that on the waves, uh, not standing firm in maybe we can get by with saying some things when we're with this group because we know where they stand. But when we're with another group, we may speak differently because we know where they stand. And he's saying this isn't right. Like we need to, we're called to be people that bless because we've been blessed. And so I'm just going to share the devotional my apologies up front for uh, just reading off of a page, but I can't grasp, in my own words, um, what the author has said um, in this devotional. The tongue is a powerful thing. James spoke of it mostly in negative terms, but he mentioned its positives too, that it can bless others and praise God. In fact, as we have seen, God used words to create the world. We can read about that in Genesis 1. And if our Father can speak new things into being from nothing and has made us in His image, 
Romans 4.17, there's at least some sense in which we can do the same. Some people suggest that we can create our own reality with our thoughts and words, which gives us quite a bit of sovereignty over our lives that should rightfully belong to God. But even if they exaggerate this point, there is a kernel of truth in it. Our words are expressions of our faith, what we really believe deep down in our heart, and our faith shapes our lives. I have to say that again. Our words are expressions of our faith, what we really believe deep down in our hearts, and our faith shapes our lives, from Matthew 9.29. That means we need to be really careful about what we say. More importantly, we need to be careful about what we believe, which eventually comes out of what we say. What if, for example, our words and attitudes have created the very world we criticize? What if, in our constant insistence that things are getting worse and worse, God has honored our faith, the negative, hopeless faith, and said, okay, here's what you envisioned? What if our words, instead of being salt and light, have had the effect of poison and darkness? Or to put it more simply, what if our words are opposed to the hope of the gospel and the joy of the kingdom? Many times they are. Lord, forgive us. Uh, Many times they are. We have all been guilty of such things. Still, God gives us a remarkable opportunity to bless others without discrimination, to pronounce blessings on our world, peace to every heart and mind, fullness of joy to every soul that longs for it. He never tells us to wait until people deserve it or to measure it out carefully. He gives abundant grace and mouths to speak it far and wide. And the prayer that goes after it is this, Lord, may I be liberal with your grace, forgiveness, blessing, and favor. You gave such things freely to me. May I give them freely to others. Fill my mouth with the peace, love, and the joy of your kingdom. Amen. Pastor Margaret, as you read that, I was thinking about how God loves us unconditionally, and it's not based on whether or not we deserve it, because certainly we don't deserve Him sacrificing His Son on the cross for our sins. Christ died for everyone, not just those that love Him, but those who don't love Him. I know the Bible tells us to pray not just for those we love, but to pray for our enemies, to pray for those who don't like us. And so when you're talking about giving blessings and speaking blessings over those who don't deserve it, that's some of the thoughts that came to my mm, mind. Yeah, like like we have been bought with a price. We're not our own. It's amazing how God can transform us. I've been thinking a lot about this uh, recently, working with some folks that were doing some outreach um, to the jail, and we've been talking about this transformative work of the Holy Spirit, and we're a work in progress until we die. None of us have gotten it exactly right. So it's easy for us sometimes to look around and be critical. And, you know, sometimes like we've been in relationships and we just feel like, will it ever change? Will they ever get it? And, you know, I have to think back to my own life. Like, where did that change come for me? Because I was one of those that I had friends that didn't think that being a Christian would ever, like they wouldn't even invite me to church. I was so vile. It's kind of hard to say, but it's true. And so what happened? What happened? For one thing, I had a praying mother. You know, she called me one day and she's like, Margaret, I just have to tell you that I have been wearing my prayer covering to bed. 
because she wasn't going to pray without her prayer covering. That's a part of what she believes, and that's precious. At the time, it wasn't precious to me. Because I was in a place where I didn't understand, uh, it didn't mean that much to me. But she told me, she's like, she usually took her prayer covering off and laid it by her bedside. And she said, I'm not going to take it off because if I wake up and want to pray for you, I want my prayer covering on. And I wasn't very nice in my responses to her that day. And thank goodness the Lord forgives because the words that came out of my mouth were critical. But it was because I didn't believe. And I can look back now and see that her prayers were so important in my life. Like our prayers, we cannot put a price tag on prayer. So when I came to Christ, it was the Word of God that came to me that was planted in my heart as a child. And I think I've shared that on here before. But today, I think it's so important in this context that, you know, there's times when we want people to get it so bad, and we throw seed out, right? And we might throw it with an attitude. Not sowing seed in prayer, but telling someone what they need to do different. And if you're a farmer, if you are a horticulturist, whatever, if you understand this idea of planting, in Matthew 13, when he's talking about the parable of the sower and that seed falling on stony ground, hard soil, uh, and then he talks about fertile soil. Well, that was the scripture that God brought to me to show me the, the soil of my heart. It was stony ground. It was rocky. It was a mess. And he showed me that, and he revealed in that moment that there was something wrong. And that's when I began my journey. He spoke to me. It wasn't someone, there was a lot of people loving on me. I had a lot of clients that were sharing with me as I cut their hair. But it was God that revealed himself to me. And he'll do that for every one of our loved ones if we plant good seeds. You know, if we don't criticize, but we learn to bless. This idea of the soil, when we begin to pray and someone has a, you know, their hearts are hard, praying is beginning to till that soil, begin to rake at that hard soil. And it doesn't happen maybe the first time or the second time. It's a continuation. And at some point, the Lord's work is to loosen up that soil. Ours is to pray um, instead of criticize and preaching to myself. But once that soil gets loosened up enough and someone throws a seed in there, it's going to take root and there's going to be growth. And that's what happened in my life. It was a a series of things. It was the prayers of people that loved me. It was people being in my life and loving on me and showing me love that caused that to happen. It's hard to understand how much power words have. They're the... Probably words cause more damage, um, long-term damage um, to our hearts than we realize. They're just words when they come out, but when they land on the other person, they can leave scars. Pastor Margaret, as you were talking, some of the thoughts uh, that I was having, you are talking about the power of prayer and how your mother prayed for you and how there were other people in your lives that you were lost that didn't give up on you. I think about a lot of times... People ask my grandmother, you know, you raised three sons that are now Nazarene pastors, and like, what did you do? Well, she prayed, Mm -hmm. and she had two main prayers. One was 
that uh, the Lord would make something out of her boys, and the other was she prayed for the lost, and mm. he answered the second prayer with the mm. first prayer, mm-hmm. and there were times in their teenage and grown-up years that they were rebellious, and that she prayed for them, mm. and so we should never underestimate prayer, and the other thing I was thinking about was, I was thinking about those that I pray for in my life, family and friends mm-hmm. that are lost, and sometimes I feel like, man, like, I, is this prayer doing any good? But that's not, my job isn't to worry about, is this, my job is to be faithful and continuing to pray mm-hmm. for these people. It's the Lord's job to send somebody in their life or to cause them to maybe have a change of heart to believe in the Lord. And also, as you were talking, I was thinking about, in the Bible, it tells us about Saul on the road to Damascus and how the Lord's struck him down and caused him to not be able to see for three days. And then once he regained his sight, um, he was a changed man. And mm-hmm. how the Christians were leery of him. They didn't, oh, they were scared they didn't, to death. They didn't believe that he was changed. They're like, this guy was persecuting us. And now, Lord, you want us to, like, it was just crazy for them to think. But, you know, that's just the power of the Lord. And there's no other way to explain it other than to say that anything is possible through Christ. Yeah. He can transform anybody. Yeah. Well, and the fact is there are lost, and we do need to continue to pray and not give up on that. And to understand when we pray, God answers. Like, you might not know it, but that prayer, there's three answers, right? Yes, no, and not yet. And when we pray, God God answers, like he answers, maybe not audibly, but the answer is already there. We just have to walk in that faith knowing that God is sovereign. God is, he cares more about that person than we ever will, but he hears those prayers and he answers. And and I think especially in the last year and a half, Let's say the last two years, because we're getting close to two years since this all started, right? And I think about the words that have came out of my mouth, out of the mouths of believers. There's so much... uh, Division. Well, there's division. There's everybody wants you to take a side. And so we're going to talk critical of one side. And if you don't feel that way, and this is in the church. This isn't outside the church. And it's so divisive. And, you know, as believers, Jesus didn't pick sides, right? Right. Like he was in the middle. Like he, Jesus came as a representative from another kingdom. Right. It's easy to get our sights on this world, this earthly kingdom. But as believers, that's not what we're about. We're about the kingdom of God coming to earth through the likes of us. And are we representing what kingdom are we representing? And recently I saw this video clip, and I can't remember the pastor that shared this example, but it was a perfect example, and I could relate to it as a sports fan. But the pastor was saying um, when a football team, he was a chaplain actually with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and he said uh, there aren't just two teams that take the field every Sunday. He said there are three teams. Mm-hmm. He said there's the Cowboys and whoever's playing the Cowboys. And those two teams are going in opposite directions, and they will never get along. But there's a third team, and that's the officials, Mm -hmm. the refs. And they come from a different kingdom, he said, the NFL. And he said, (laughs) they are not on 
the Cowboys team. They're not on the other team. They're a third kingdom. And basically, he's making the analogy that God is that third team. Mm -hmm. He doesn't represent either team. He's from a different kingdom. And we as Christians should represent that third side, that Mm -hmm. kingdom. And that's the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so in Scripture, we learn very quickly that this idea of blessing and cursing like we could read all through scripture what happens when people bless and what happens when people curse right. uh, like you can speak blessing or you can speak out of a critical spirit I'm not talking about curse bad language I'm talking about this idea of having a critical spirit and in this devotional there was something that really popped out at me It says, what if, for example, our words and attitudes have created the very world we criticize? So we create a culture wherever we go by the spirit that we bring in with us. You know, I've said for a long time, when we enter a room, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, that room should be different. There shouldn't be a critical spirit there. Now I'm saying, I'm talking to myself, God's teaching me that we sometimes pray for things to happen and we wonder why it don't happen but yet maybe we haven't learned some things we need to learn maybe we haven't learned how to bless people instead of curse them you know and God's doing a work in our life when he's not answering everything around us and I've been paying particular attention to this and I've done some repenting recently when he's not moving in the places that we would like for him to move. I have to turn around and look and go, well, what's he trying to teach me before this is going to change? What's in me that needs to change? Like, Lord, change me. Forgive me. Um, Search my heart, oh God. Because that's, I want my words to be salt and light, not poison and darkness. And, And you know, I don't know about you, but there's times when somebody says something, my mind goes to the negative. I heard somebody say the other day, why is it when the phone rings and I see the name, I think it's going to be something that's not good? When somebody maybe just wants to take me out to lunch. But in my mind, I think, what have I done wrong? You know, Jesus came to give us the mind of Christ. He came to save us and to sanctify us. A sanctifying work that purifies us, that is throughout the rest of our life. It doesn't happen all at once, but he's really faithful to show us when it's time to take that next step, peel the next layer off that onion. I agree with you, Pastor Margaret. A lot of times if you get a text with somebody saying, hey, do you have a few minutes to talk? Or you always think on the negative side, you always think there's something wrong or did I do something wrong? Or We never think like, oh, well, maybe this person, you know, we never think positively. And, you know, God wants us, this will always stick in my head. It's something uh, at a men's retreat one year with our church that uh, Brian Charette shared. And he said, think of a word that the Lord would think to describe you. And then he followed that up by saying, and if the word's negative, it's not from the Lord. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. We don't see ourselves as covered by the blood of Christ. We see ourselves in our weaknesses. And it's so easy to look around us and be discouraged. And 
be downcast. And like, we've been saved from hell. Mm-hmm. Like, we have so much. And, and I actually just, right before I walked in here, I was walking down the hallway at church, and there was two people standing there. And I said, hey, can I talk to you all for a second? They go, well, I went, what have I done wrong? It's just what we do. It's the way our brain works. And I, mm-hmm. then I have to look and say, do I have a critical spirit? When they see me coming, do they think it's because I have bad news? Yeah. I mean, that's just being vulnerable and transparent. Like, I have to think about that because that kind of response says something. Right. Um, so this is personal, but when we think about people that we like to be around, what comes out of their mouths? Right. And then how can we learn from that? How can we be different and make the places that we show up different. Because we come filled with the Holy Spirit. We have spent time with the Lord. Like, this don't happen just by changing our, you know, go, well, I'm not going to speak any criticism. It's something, the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, we can't do it on our own. We're not that good. Um, We'll fail miserably if we try to do it in our own strength. It's something that, um, through the work of God, that He can work out in us and it'll be a work the rest of our lives but it's an, we have to have intentionality right. with it right yeah it doesn't come none of this stuff we're talking about comes easy or comes natural we can only do it through the help of the holy spirit working in us and it's a daily struggle a daily thing that we have to work on yeah and you know it is hard when people don't maybe respond like we wish they would, you know. And I'll just, I'll give you an example. I actually just shared this this morning with my prayer group because we were talking about what it, you know, sometimes we walk with people that it's really hard. And honestly, in this situation, I walked with this woman for about 10 years and she ended up taking her life. And it was incredibly difficult to accept the fact that she had done that. And as I reflected back, um, because I felt like a failure, and as I reflected on that, as I was preparing to preach her funeral, um, God showed me something. And I want to share this because I think it might encourage, you know, the ones that are listening today that when we're in those hard times, it doesn't mean God's not working. He might just be working on you, right? So I I just want to share a few things. Um, As I reflect on this journey, I have discovered that blank taught me a few things, life lessons that I will not soon forget. She taught me perseverance in a relationship beyond what I thought I was capable of. She taught me that it's hard to live up to expectations imposed by others like myself when I have never walked in her shoes. She taught me that I couldn't put my faith in people because they will let me down. She taught me that I couldn't fix people. That's God's work, not mine. My job is to love unconditionally, but not enable. She taught me that I couldn't impose my beliefs or God's will on her or anybody else. She truly was the driver of her own life. She, just like you and I, was created by God with a free will to make choices. 
And, you know, God is a gentleman. He won't push himself on us, but he gently beckons each one of us in relationship. And if you listening today are having a hard time, someone is not maybe responding like you would like for them to respond, I would ask you, would you want to be the person that you were before you had this perseverant relationship? Like God, as believers, God teaches us even through the hard times. And in those situations, it's hard to bless and not criticize or curse. It's hard and we'll never be able to do it if we don't look to God and worship him to get our focus back where it's supposed to be, uh, back into the kingdom of God instead of being so drawn into the kingdom of earth and the battles and the things that are happening here that divide. And if we can look up and worship and persevere in our relationships, be there, be the love of Jesus and let him be God. It is, we'll never change people, but... To have a, an attitude of blessing does not mean to be a doormat and to enable, but we choose how we respond and make sure that our words are words that that encourage. Because if they criticize and we're a believer, why would right. they ever want right. to step across that line? You know, right. accept Christ as Savior. Right. All we can do is our part. And let God do His. Yeah, and nobody was ever won to Christ by arguing with them or criticizing them. No. Only by showing the love of Christ yeah. and living our lives by our example. Yeah, and so my prayer for me this Christmas season is to be intentional about and aware of the words that come out of my mouth. Are they honoring of God, do they bless? Do they draw to the kingdom of God, or am I being drawn into an earthly kingdom? Because I want to represent the one who saved me. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a great word, Pastor Margaret, and uh, just uh, thank you uh, for uh, listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Pastor Margaret and I talk about. Speaking words of life, speaking words of hope um, that today's broadcast has truly been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Never mind these songs I sing, they're pretty much made of memories of hope. Hopelessly through this town. The many wakes up my sleepy eyes, and he wipes my tears and forgives my weaknesses and gets me back.
Long Way Home, written and sung by Pastor John and Mandy Lawson. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.